Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. of the tower podcast it has been a long time it's been a long time coming uh want to wish you guys a happy new year because last time we talked it was 2017 and the leafs were still half decent <laughs> they're still okay they're in a good position I'm no, not gonna say that draft lottery here we go let's go um but we're not even going to start with the leafs today we are actually going to start with the toronto raptors laying probably one of the nicest beatings i've seen them hand out I like in all the years I, I mean I'm not the biggest basketball fan but all the years I've been watching the Raptors I have never seen them have a performance like that like against a team like Cleveland I'll say okay maybe I'll preface that way against a team that they probably had no business apparently being in contention with and yet they without them. yeah Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka <laughs> none of the Ibaka. signs were there for the Raptors to win I mean you're, you're missing well, I mean, like yeah. last night was kind of like a resume right so like DeMar didn't score that much but it was like all right so like you know who our star players are these are these are um our qualifications our you know like backup guys that we can beat you with you know we have Fred Van Fleet which is, like, who is Fred Van Fleet outside of, you know, the Toronto scene? Yeah. You know, who are you? Have, who are you? Like, it's like, you know, the Raptors showed the Cavs, like, <clears throat> like this is not 2013, this is not 2014, right? Like, we have a deep team now, and we can beat you in so many ways. And, you know, the bench just beat up on the Cavs last night with LeBron James, like, in the lineup. And, like, that was the biggest statement win that I've seen from the Raptors and I don't know how long. Yeah, it, it nothing looked like it was going to go right for the Raptors going into that game. You're missing Serge Ibaka because of the fight he had with uh, Black Belt James Johnson a couple days ago. Um, Kyle Lowry's obviously out with the injury. The Cavs are coming off a huge loss against Minnesota. Uh, that was that was a blowout again. You you'd think after that any team is going to come out and just dominate in the first. And I didn't. Somebody messaged me and said the Raptors are up what twenty or thirty. I was like, yeah. I didn't I didn't catch the first half, but it was like what? No. And okay. By the way, Austin Owens. <laughs> I should have introduced. Yeah, Austin I'm here Owens. too. I know Richard's the center of attention, but Richard is uh, skyping in. That's why Richard's who everyone comes here to listen to. But I'm. But here. no, because uh, so I was watching the game. Uh, and no, and you, you watch that game and you, you just, you, you get encouraged. I know people are trying not to get too high on a game like that because it's regular season and the playoffs, you always know the Cavs play differently in the playoffs, but how but, can you not be encouraged? But like at the same time, like, <clears throat> you know, the Raptors have been playing well this year and people saw this as like a measuring stick and then Lowry got hurt. 
then Ibaka got suspended, and it was like, all right, so then we won't know, I guess. And it's always been like, how do you beat Cleveland? Like, I don't care how well you assemble your team. If you can't beat Cleveland, it's pointless. And then this year, it's like Cleveland can't play defense. So then if it's not Cleveland, it's like, all right, so then Cleveland gets dragged down to Boston and Toronto's level. So now it's like it's open for Toronto, right? Yeah. Like if you can beat Cleveland, you can definitely beat Boston. Well, you one. know, and if you can beat those two teams, it's like, all right, so you're one of the top tier teams and you really have a chance of playing in June. Well, I mean, Cleveland has had these performances in the regular season before, but people always know that come playoff time, the Cla- the Cavs are going to figure it out because yeah. LeBron James is playoff going to LeBron. figure it out. But, but I mean, like, I don't care. <clears throat> like, I know that it's LeBron, but part of the reason why LeBron is so dominant is because the East is trash. And then now Toronto's deep, and Boston's playing well without Hayward. Like, Boston is one really of the best teams. Like, they are the best team in the league. Uh, I would I would still contend that Golden State is the best team in the Houston, league. Houston looks but pretty good, but the Raptors have beaten. Them, I think so. I think Boston has proven to be a legit team in the East. That if I mean the Raptors when they play Boston, they only lost by a point. So, uh, yeah. I, the worry I have is I, I think the positive thing is that the Raptors see that sharing this new mentality of sharing the ball and getting the assists. Like Demar had eight assists last night. They had 18 first half assists. Demar only had like five also, points going through like, a third. Yeah. The last time we, um, sorry, the last time we did a podcast, Demar Derozan was not a three point shooter. No. And now suddenly <laughs> he, he wasn't is. even a MVP candidate like everyone's now calling. He's just he's posting up from three like Terrence Ross now. Well, I mean, like if he can shoot the three, it's like he's an elite player, and yep. he has been shooting the three. Well, like this seems like enough of a sample size to not just say like, yeah, he's been getting lucky. It's yeah, so like he finally knows how to after years of like everyone begging him to. Well, I think it's just he finally decided this summer to be like, okay, I'm actually going to work on the three ball, and you you saw it. I think it was on Instagram that he he said, I'm working on the three. Watch out, guys! Yeah, but, like every single year, like he says that, and then he goes back to like his old reliable you know yes range game and i don't know what changed but like he just decided that like this is what i'm <laughs> going to do now and it's he's been seeing a lot of success too i think that sweep getting swept by cleveland in the playoffs i think that had a big a big part of it he's shooting 500 from beyond the arc in 2016 i mean in 2018 i don't know why i said 2016 2018 <laughs> he's shooting 50 percent I, I'm encouraged. I think the big test is going to be what happens on Saturday when they go up against Golden State because they are not going to use the pun, but they are the gold standard in the NBA. I mean, it's it's always a measuring stick game when they play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had like, I think the other day they had 140 or 144 points. Like the Raptors just set a franchise high, I think 133 in a game that didn't go into overtime. I mean, the the games they've played against Golden State uh, the last couple of years, they've played them very, very tight. Um, last... Especially the one to start the year. Yep. They should have won that game. They, they had it. They in had the Golden, in, 
in their own arena. Yeah, the, on the road. Especially the two games that were in Golden State over the last two years, they have been very, very good. And they lost both those games. I'm not sure. I forget last year if they had the lead and blew it, but they were playing them very, very close. And I believe what it was at the Kyle Lowry offensive foul. They cost them the game last year. Uh, and then they blew the lead this year in Golden State uh, in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, the Raptors have proven they can play them tight. What what I'd be concerned with the Raptors is with Golden State, they try and match them three for three. The Raptors can't do that. The Raptors are not Golden State when it comes to shooting three points. That's very obvious. There's nobody in the league that matches up to Golden State in shooting three-pointers. So you have I mean, to just like, play I your game. Look if they tried that. Like, no, you know, I just, like, like you have your guys that can actually shoot the three now. Yeah. Like it's not like this is like last year where it's like, all right, so Kyle Lowry is the only one that can actually really shoot the three with confidence. It's like, all right, so like if Van Vliet and DeRozan want to, you know, try to get hot from downtown and they do, it's like, you know, like this is a terrifying team, right? Like yep. if both of them can actually shoot that three with confidence like they have, it's like this is the best Raptors team we've ever seen. And if they want to try that out against Golden State and try to get you know, get to like a shootout, that would be really fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely a different team than it was last year and a different mentality. Uh, OG can also shoot the three. He's had, had a little bit of trouble yesterday, but he's, I mean, yeah, he's I, been a dead eye for most of the season from three. Like he's he's the guy you count on. I mean, CJ Miles also. Yeah, and CJ Miles. He was he was he's the three point shooter. He was lighting it from three to start the game. Like yeah. What, I guess what I'm trying to say is the Raptors would get into stretches last year and over the course of when they've been going for the playoffs where they'd just start chucking up threes, like four or five straight threes. They'd miss all of them, and then the other team would go on like a 15-0 run or something like that, or 10-0 run or something, and it would completely swing the momentum. And you can't do that against Golden State because once you're behind on them, it's so hard to bounce back because they have Draymond, who's a great defender. Clay Thompson, he's a good defender. Um, Steph Curry's a good defender for point guard, and I mean... The, they also play small ball, which means Jonas. Who... Jonas is pretty much rendered unusable. You're probably going to see I mean, a lot of unusable as a maybe in a certain position, but then you bring them out when you unusable is an aggressive in different term, rotation. Pirtle and Siakam are going to see a lot of time because they're much more mobile. Yeah, especially Siakam. He's yeah. a much Siakam's more. Siakam's probably going to guard Draymond, I would think. And Pirtle, who's their center again? Is it? Um... Not, I'm drawing a blank on him. I'm drawing a blank on it's it, not, too. It's not Pachulia anymore. It's not Iguodala anymore, either. Uh, um, McGee's still on that team, but he's not starting. Um, yeah, but they're they're going to play stretch ball, and, I mean, they're they're going to have to defend with that. And, I mean, C.J. Miles is going to play a big part. Hopefully he's a catch-and-shoot guy. So uh, they haven't said if Kyle Lowry will be back. Uh, I think somebody said that it's it's up to Kyle when he comes back, which is fair. Is it Javal McGee? JaVale McGee's there. Uh, One of their centers. And Zaza Okay, Kulia. so Pachulia's starting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to see what they can do against a team like Golden State. I'm, I'm cu- I think that will go further to proving whether this is going. And it, the important thing is they're doing it. They did it at home. I, I mean, and they, they played at well at home in the past, but they have been dominant at home, except for the game against Miami, which was a complete yikes. <laughs> I would I wouldn't say embarrassment; it was a disaster. That a lot of people were saying that was their worst game of the season. That or I would say worst effort. I think it was Eric Smith was on uh, on five ninety after the Miami game, one. and it, yeah, no, it, it yeah, wasn't like a blowout. They, I wouldn't, yeah, because they at least 
stayed put but themselves they, in a position they to win. were brutally out rebounded in that game uh hassan whiteside had a, had a day he was unbelievable uh as usual i mean you come to expect that he's one of the best centers in the league but i think it was like 50 they were in the 50s and toronto was only in like the 20s to 30s like they got severely out rebounded in that game they did and when you give second chances to guys like gordon Dragic, uh james johnson has come on with miami uh Deion waiters i guess he was playing for them Yep. Deion Waiters was playing for them. I mean, if you give guys like that a chance in the NBA, they're not going to miss very often. Was he playing? I'm not sure if he was playing. I'm, I didn't catch that game, unfortunately. I'm pretty sure the Leafs were on or they something were, was happening. Well, I watched the, I watched bits and pieces of that one. I, I especially saw the end there where they get, they get up by one and then absolutely get – I don't know what that – they were. They, they play the Leafs defense on that final possession where – they just allow an open lane to the basket and easy like well it was a good play by Miami that they drew up but they allowed they oh allowed the, the final so. play of the game yeah, yeah that was that was a that bad layup. play by Siakam he overcommitted on the three pointer and got long exactly. past um any last thoughts on the Raptors I, I do want to keep uh, each I mean I'm sure we're gonna get into a little bit of a heated talk with the Leafs that's why I don't oh, want I'm not heated I'm completely I'm completely fine man. <laughs> Let's talk about the Leafs. Let's do it. Do we want to do that, Richard? I don't know. I don't want to talk about the Leafs. Sure. Talk about the. Jays. Okay, we're gonna silent Austin's mic, and we're Richard. Yeah, turn. <laughs> Richard and I are gonna have a. Uh, <laughs> what are we gonna call it? A. Don't uh, silence me. Discussion. A very formal a, discussion. A civil discussion. Are we talk, we're gonna talk about the Leafs. That's we're right. gonna talk about the Leafs. Right. Um, <clears throat> look, I think I, I'm gonna fire go, Roman Pollock into I, the sun. <laughs> I am going to be the voice of reason right now, only for this part. Leafs Nation needs a break. Yep. This this game. Not, the, not the players. Time. I'm not saying the players. No. I, I think the fan base needs a break. The, the players should be bag skated. The fans need a time. A uh, I don't base. know. What, I think the last thing the Hold players on. need is a bag skate because <laughs> I, I think mm, they do need a break after that last game. Um, no, they played I don't well last see game. See what like what was wrong with their past two games? Like yeah, they played they great last two games against. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, That's why I'm not. They outplayed the Jackets. They outplayed the Senators. Like after uh, first, I wouldn't like... say outplayed the Senators. They 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 definitely had an aggressive when approach. You, when to the you centers. get close to 50 shots on goal, and yeah. I mean they almost had 100 shots total. Yeah. Yes. So like you'll take that any game. But they got like a ton of shots on game. They actually got you know great chances. The team was flying, but then it was like the defensive miscues. Yeah. Polak. I don't know what he was doing in front, but then. Clearing, he was trying to. He was trying to net. He was trying to clear the front of the net. That's his. Yeah, that's his. How he does it. <laughs> that's his one trait. And trying that he's not to really pe- bad at. And I mean, trying like, to not take a penalty in the process. Great effort, but like that was a weird goal to allow. And then, I mean, <sighs> the Duchesne <laughs> goal. The one game that you expect to go. To that was a, like that was overtime. a really nice goal by Duchesne. That was it a nice doesn't. setup. And like the team fought back. Like you know, like yep. they were down two goals and. You know, like at one point during the second, I was like, it should feel like they should be chasing this game, but they aren't playing like they are, you know, which is a good thing. Because when you start chasing, then like you, you open yourself up to like some defensive uh, miscues, right? And how they played behind was pretty good. You know, like yep. they kept on getting their chances. They didn't play scrambled. Like they were throwing pucks on net when you had to throw pucks on net. They, they were, you know, like cycling when they had to cycle. It's just one of those games where like you outplay yeah. a shitty team and like somehow that, they 
They, but Austin they Matthews win. also should have had three goals in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, the yeah. first ten minutes they were flying. I mean, he look, was, I tweeted out he was buzzing. He he deserved a goal. That he, just, he, that, he had like, so that many was great like practice. Chances. Like, yeah, like, it's like <laughs> when one of we... those games and like when you play online and it's like the first shift. It's like this isn't this person's first game. Well, and and you know that you're fucked because you know like they dump it in and they have like twenty scoring chances and like. You're kind of debating on quitting because you know that you're out of your league, but if, then you weather yeah. the storm. And if you go off that, Ottawa weathered that storm though perfectly. Yep. Yeah. Craig Anderson was fantastic. He was, and he had to be fantastic because he's been one of. I, the, I expected that from Craig Anderson. Well, he's been one of the worst statistical goalies in the league this year. I mean, he's got an 89 save percentage. Uh, I, I, you would think. I mean, Ottawa's goals haven't been there, and they play a generally boring style. But if Anderson plays anything like he was last year. I mean, you'd think Ottawa's probably hanging in there in the standings. I wouldn't say they're above any of the th- three teams in the Atlantic right now, but yeah. they're definitely not in a lottery position. Um, I- I'm going to bring up one point, um, which was you saw we saw the way the game went against Columbus and how that was just five minutes of them not knowing how to – them just terrible decisions. Morgan Riley especially. Like, like Morgan Riley had a good game against Ottawa – and I just cannot still understand the rationale to pinching when you're tied. I understand if you maybe want to try to not go to overtime, but you I have... don't. I don't put much of that. I mean, yeah, you can I, really I mean, blame Riley, but I blame Riley because boy, in that situation, you should look the whole thing. I know the Leafs. I know some maybe someone should have been back, but there was no communication. That's the thing. Is it's a dumb pinch, and you definitely don't make that pinch. I know you're trying to make something happen, and Riley just scored the goal. It's the best game he's played this season. I would. He say. got too overconfident. He, like he, but yeah. he, but, I, but like I don't really mind that. Like, no, I mean, you don't. That I don't have a hard time. But you have being, to have. But you also like can't relieve Ron Hainsey on a three on one. I mean, and if you're Ron Hainsey, exactly you also can't pinch over to the right side boards when you have two guys splitting down the middle. I mean. How different is that play if Ron Hainsey just stays in the middle? I don't know if it prevents well, a goal, mean, but it gives your back checkers a chance to come back. Because Matthews definitely had a chance to get back in that well, play. He, he wasn't exactly blazing down, though. No. Also, but, the Leafs had three guys on that, once. All three forwards were on the one side of the ice. It was just an absolute train wreck from the defense. But and that, that's the Leafs' two best defensemen. I mean, But that's my problem with the play is that Raleigh pinches well knowing there's not a forward to back him up if the play gets behind him. Yeah. That that was my issue with the play. It's just one of those plays. It's just a the chip play past the defenseman. The why Riley was so you know, great against... Um, sorry, why he was so great um, against... Uh, you know, the, sorry, the ascents and jackets, and why he's been so good out this year is because he's playing not really recklessly, but he's taking like a huge amount of chances, right? Yeah. And that's just a chance that you know uh, got him burned. And I mean, I don't want to compare him to Carlson because Carlson has no absolutely skill, no. As he has better vision. But the thing that I like about Riley's play is that he's not afraid to make mistakes and that's what you need from a defenseman like that like if you aren't second guessing yourself and you're making smart choices but also really not second guessing yourself at all like that's that's where you thrive and yeah that's that's is not like a dumb player like i wouldn't want gardner to do that all the time because gardner he would try if jake gardner made that play and cost them the goal he would be crucified yeah and Gardner Jake has Gardner's like a lot done of it like, so often. 
mental lapses, but Riley, for the most part, he's like he's smart. He he's a very smart hockey. Player. I think that's what usually separates that type of def- as you said, Rich. That's what separates a defenseman like Riley is their willingness to do that and not being afraid to do it, like fully and committing that's what I to like do about it. A German, right? Like, yeah, yeah. In uh, Dermot's game against who was the second game against? Was it? It was against Columbus? Columbus. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah. yeah, like there was a play where like the puck was out in the slot. You know, Dermot was on his backhand, and I was like, any other defenseman throws that on net. You know, like a he tips it back. Yeah, just throws it on net and hopes for like a rebound. He corrals or it. He turns. He skates towards the goal line, and then he starts a he starts a cycle with Marner, and it's like. You know, like, you need to have a defenseman like that that's smart enough to, like, see the ice and see how the play develops. It's just the problem is with Riley there, you know, it didn't develop the way he wanted, right? But, like, I mean, that's why I wasn't, like, too mad about the pinch because it was like you will live and die, you know, with your best defenseman. And if it's a guy like Riley that, shoot that you know, makes that mistake, I don't really mind because... Nine times out of ten, he makes the right play. But if it's a guy like Polak, then it's like, what's the outcome that you're expecting? Yeah. You know, so that's why, like, it's it's his fault. But, like, I'm not really too mad at that because it's, like, it's Riley, right? Like, it's not like a guy that shouldn't have been pinching in the first place. Like, we were praising him all game for his aggressive play. It just it burned him at the wrong time. Yeah, it was, it was the best game he had played this season in my mind. The, the thing that kind of bothers me... Um, was the narrative that a lot of people were taking that, not the narrative, but everyone was saying, oh, Morgan Riley is such a good defenseman that you'll never see this mistake from him again this season. Mm. Like, do you really want to... Of course you will. You will 100%. Yeah, that's what bothers me is you'll never, you won't see this. this, I've heard that so many times on the radio after the Columbus game is you won't see Morgan Riley make this mistake again this season. And then the next game, another mistake happens. And then they say the same thing. I guarantee you won't see Morgan Riley make this mistake again. It's like I will almost hope that you see another mistake like yeah. that because it means that he's still playing aggressive. Like, um, well, I, one thing that I compared, you know, Dermot to Riley with is that Riley played safe his first like three seasons. Like he, Riley yeah, was afraid that like he was going to lose but, his spot. But, right? but look at who the coaches yeah. were. The coaches, yeah. Were I mean okay, Ron Wilson wasn't a defensive-minded coach, but he didn't exactly. He, he never played under Wilson, though. He was only under Carlisle. That's right. So okay, sorry, Carlisle and Horacek. That's sorry, that was the guy. Also, Morgan Riley's never had a defenseman, a defensive partner that's as reliable as Ron Hainsey. I mean, two years ago he was playing with Martin Marinchin on a first pair. Just, just soak that in for a minute. Martin Marinchin, who Leaf fans are have torches and pitchforks and Martin Marincin, and for good reason, because Martin Marincin's not a very good defenseman. In the NHL, at least, he's apparently a stud for the Marlies for some reason. Um, well, because they were defensive. They were the least defensive pair down the stretch for that burn year where Mike Babcock was just throwing guys together and hope it stuck. I, and Zaitsev was good, yeah. but, I mean... But he's also been out. I think... Sightsev's not Hainsey. Sightsev doesn't bring the same stay-at-home quality as Hainsey. That you no. can't put as much trust in a first-year Russian defenseman. No, and that's why they they had to move him. They yep. moved, kind of split. He and Gardner up. are better together, I would say. I mean, I mean, better than Riley. They they, yes, definitely better. Um, there I'm was there was a stretch sold. of games where Riley and Zaitsev were having a real rough time together they last were. year. 
I think it was a game in Washington that was like the culmination of it. Also a game against Florida. That game yeah, against Florida. Yes, yes, yes. Where they just, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, is it's good that the fans get a five day off, five days off, but it's also really bad that the fans have five days off. Because they're stewing in... And you got the armchair GM and should Babcock still be the coach and all the... All the John from Mississauga come out. Can I can I can I bring this up right now? All the people that are giving Babcock grief about playing Roman Polak, playing Leo Komarov, me. The Leafs signed him to an eight-year contract. This is what happens when you sign. You meant Roman Polak? (laughs) No, no. Do you know something I don't? When this is. Did we miss something? No, no. This is what like, happens. When, yeah, Dave's like breaking news live on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. This is what happens when you sign a. Could coach. you imagine if they signed into a long-term contract? Don't, don't. The Leafs would have blown. I'm not bringing that up. I just, I can't do that too. Oh, I just don't want to. the fan base no. would be like the one meme of the kid like bent over the table with like his veins popping in his forehead, just like. Uh, <sighs> look, the Leafs signed Babcock to that to that deal, and everyone was over the moon, which they should have been. This is a coach that's won Olympic gold medals. This is a coach that's won the Stanley Cup. Um, but this is also a coach that has, sorry, say he has an ego, and you inflate yeah. that ego when you make him the highest paid. Like, no player makes more than Mike Babcock. Yet. I'm, I'm going to say yet, because that's going to change. But there was a, there's a tweet I just want to bring up. Okay. Um, it's bring from... Up. It's from the Left Coast Leafs podcast. Uh, they're a really good listen. I'll plug them here. Um, they just tweeted out, Babs inherited a great team to win in Detroit, but his results over the last 10 years, and they go over his years in Detroit, where he, he won the cup, lost in the finals in the third and fourth year. But other than that, uh, his first year was lost in round one, lost round three. After they lost in the finals of Pittsburgh, uh, they made it to the second round three times, but other than that, they haven't made it past the second round. But they round. were also he's all he was also dealing with. I'm just he it, was also dealing with an age. This is not trashing Babcock. It's no. just his no, like, I his don't history that kind of thing because like the playoffs are hard to win. It's like yep. If like I can't if say, Babcock doesn't, she, you know, Chicago that was also yeah. Thing. They were still in the West during most of that yeah. stretch. So I mean, like I, I don't think you will ever find a coach that you completely like. You know, nope. Like, no, for sure. His use of Polak infuriates me, but then I get it. Like, there's no like, who else do you want to trust on the penalty kill? Even though I don't trust Polak on the penalty kill, and nope. he takes way too many penalties to yes. call him a penalty kill specialist. <laughs> but it's like, who else is there in the organization that you say, yes, I want him on the penalty kill in the last two minutes of the game? There's nobody, and Polak has this reputation because hockey has this reputation that like if you're bad on offense and you're a defenseman and you're tough you're good defensively which i don't know how that that, that misconception started yeah it's it's called hockey culture if you're slow yeah, and unplayable you're definitely a defensive stud that's a fundamental problem with hockey so i i can see why he loves polak i would be infuriated if he gets a new defenseman which i'm not sure when it's going to happen I'm, if he gets it'll a happen. new one that's that's capable of playing on the penalty kill, and he still goes to Polak because then I, it's like that's yeah. more of yeah. his recklessness than it's anything else. I, that's that's, that's, I, that's where. I, sorry, go ahead, Richard. I'll let you finish your. Yes, yeah, that's why. I mean, I don't get the fury at Polak because it's like, all right, 
It's Polak or it's Carrick, who, let's be honest, Carrick hasn't been that great, but no, also he has, he has been very has average. Great, but he's, he's not Carrick, a penalty killer either. Yeah. Carrick, yeah, yeah, exactly. So Carrick's game isn't, I'm not saying it's, it's not what we need, but it's not, like it's not the game that needs to slot in over Polak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd if take they my get chances. that defenseman, then it's like, all right, we will never see Polak again because there's no mm-hmm. need for him. That's no. why it took them so long to sign him because it's like, I think they don't need him on the team. It's just if they don't have anything else, I guess it's poor. Well, I mean, with I, I don't too. That makes it even what even harder. I don't think yeah. with Roman Polak, if the Leafs get a do, new defenseman, I don't think it's Roman Polak we won't be seeing anymore. I think it's Connor Carrick. I think Roman Polak will be the seventh defenseman if they bring in this t- na- insert name here. Ian Cole's been a very popular one. Chris Tanev's a way off. If Erica Branson's come up, so this is this is what I was going to bring up. Erica Branson's terrible, but he can kill penalties. Yeah, but that's, that's a lateral move. Yeah, you're just he, going, just, you're he just, punched a puck into his own net this week. That was pretty cool. Um, this, this is the point I was going to bring up. If the Leafs do manage to bring in a now, Gabranson, uh, Cole are not legit top four nope. options. I people, but, but that's what I'm saying. The only way I could see the Leafs or seeing Babcock go away from Polak is if the Leafs bring in a guy who is a top four option. You brought up a name like Tanev. I was actually going to be writing an article on him, so I'm yeah. not going to go too far into it. Jesus, he lost, Boy. what was it, six or eight teeth the other night in Toronto? Yeah. His teeth went through his tongue. That was um, warrior. Good for him. But He's playing tonight, actually. That, yeah, that's that's where I would I would uh, be curious to see. If they were to bring in a guy like Tanev or a legit top four, how does that change their approach to a guy like Polak? Because, I, don't think, well, I don't think we'd ever see him ever again. No, I don't, and because... that—that's—that's where I say to Leafs Nation: Look, unless they give him a Babcock a better option, Polak's playing. Polak is playing because he now, does not like Carrick. That's been very clear. Now there's the I argument. Mean, I don't think it's because they don't like Carrick. It's like you have Riley, you have Gardner, you have Zaitsev, right? Like you have guys that can do what Carrick can do. I'm not saying trade Carrick or get rid of Carrick. I just get well, why it's no. Polak but Babcock's been on saying. He thinks Carrick's undersized and doesn't bring the physicality that he wants for a bottom pair defenseman, which is the issue. Yeah, no, which is what Roman Polak brings. It's just so why yeah, he, like, plays. He, he doesn't play the role that yeah they need that like that Babcock. He doesn't. He doesn't that fit. Shut down guy. He doesn't think. fit the team the way. Now that you but, brought Dermot up, you're just like, well, we can't have Der- Dermot and Carrick, and we've he's proven that now with the rotation is that. And now look, people have made the argument, oh Carrick, but. Dermot has played the penalty kill with the Marlies. But uh, the only issue bring is... Bring Renat Valiev up. Get rid of Polak. We're yeah. fine. No. Renat Valiev's no, not an NHL defenseman please, either. But neither no. is Roman Polak, so... Uh, no, because the reason why I brought up Dermot is because I saw somebody making... I think it was Scott Wheeler, because Wheeler does watch the Marlies quite yeah. often. Yeah, he, he says, him. well, he's like he's the, one of their best penalty killers. But is the sub penalty killing that Dermot provides on the Marlies what Babcock thinks will be successful with the Leafs. Didn't they have um did they have Gardner killing penalties at points last year? I forget. Gardner Zaitsev have killed every, almost every defenseman has killed penalties well, at I mean, some point. Zaitsev kills penalties with Hainsey. Yeah. Um Usually. I think I think what what then would happen like they, they need some help. Ron Hainsey's legs are gonna fall off. He plays full penalty kills. I've so. seen I've you know what I've seen, I think it will get to a point where Hainsey is going to mentally be tired. I, physically, he's 38 years old and he kills every single minor in full yeah. for the Maple Leafs. Um, 
Given, I, I mean, you don't move around as much as a defenseman on the PK as forwards would, but you also block you're 38 years old and, and you're out, you're doing a two minute shift, if not more, because you're stuck out there for, I don't know, off ice stuff. You don't get a lot of breaks unless there's a TV timeout. Well, and he's also playing on the top pairing with Riley. Yep, exactly. You're playing what over but 20 minutes a game. But that's also, penalty, but though. that's also why I like you see the the minutes. Riley and Gardner will take the time. That's why, like with the power play, they go with the four forwards, one defenseman. That way, they can save the defenseman for the can. Can kill. I fit in a couple more words on Roman Polak real quick? Sure. Are they swear words? No, no. I'll be I'll be civil. Um, wow. Surprising, right? Surprising. Well, I I told you after I guess it was after the Ottawa game. I was actually going to write a Roman Polak article, and it it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't anything nobody knew yet. It was just I needed to vent about Roman Polak because I, I, I think Austin needs a punching bag. No, I'm good. I I, I have a punching. And it's bag. not going to be. I have me. a verbal punching it's bag. His name's Roman Polak. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I was listening to to Steve Dangle's podcast the other day. He mentioned that. Roman Polak, if you listen to it, Roman Polak has put the Leafs down five on three, I believe he said three times in a 10-day span. That was last week. That's I, incredible. I also did least listen That is incredibly that. bad. He, he, I, okay, there was that article that came out on the in The Athletic about Polak and the penalties and how frustrating oh. it's been. I get it. I get that. Look, the NHL is, is buckling down, but that just proves that... A player like Polak has not been able to adjust to the new style that the NHL yeah. wants, which is well. That's that's what they said as well. Is um, somebody asked Roman Polak after the game why he's doing this? I think it was Jonas Siegel. Yeah, because they he's said writing the article. Yeah, uh, and Roman Polak said, "Well, the league's the league changed the rules, so it's hard to get used to the rules." Basically, and it's like it's so pretty simple. You stand in front of the net, don't hack anybody in the hands, you don't take any faceoffs, so you can't take a stupid violation penalty. Don't run anybody in from behind on the boards, and don't cross-check anybody in the face. That, it's pretty that simple. That was probably the part of the article that kind of baffled me. Keep was your when stick he, out of people's feet. It's when, not difficult. When he when he said that players don't know how to adjust to the situation, like if they see Polak coming, they shouldn't turtle and stuff. Well, if you if I see Roman Polak charging at me, I'm probably going to turtle because Roman Polak... Just a, just a sidebar, I heard somebody make the suggestion that the Leafs should go after Radko Gudis because he's being a scratch tonight, and somebody said... No, we're not doing that. We already have one check that's undisciplined and a complete liability. It's like, yeah. One becomes an, a liability when he gets ejected. Can I I just too. want to read off the Leafs' penalty minute leaders. And we're going to exclude Polak because I just want to make the point. Okay. So Matt Martin leads the team. He's 43 games played, 40 penalty minutes. He has four fights on the season. So that adds... 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Sorry, I'm in journalism for a reason. Okay. I'm not, I don't math well. Go ahead. Um, Nazem Kadri has 25 penalty minutes in 43 games. Andreas Borgman, 42 games played, 22 minutes. Jake Gardner, wow, Jake Gardner is actually very high. That's surprising. And he's he's been uh, he's uh, been victimized. He's by he's tied with Borgman with 22 minutes in 45 games. Uh, and then Hyman and Van Riemsdyk also have 22, but they've played over 40 each. Yeah, Hyman has taken some. Yeah, but I mean they. Felonies. Whatever. I mean you expect it. Yeah. Um, Roman Polak, 26 games played. Do you care to take a guess without looking it up how many penalty minutes he Well, has? if he has more than Martin, we know it's more than 40. I'm gonna not, take... not more than Martin. He's, not below more than He's Martin. second on the team. Okay, well, you've already given us a venture. How many fights does he have? Roman, hold on. Let me. I don't think he has any. Roman. Uh, you mean Matt Martin or Roman Polak? Roman Polak? I don't, I don't think he's think, fought. I don't Polak. think he's fought either. Maybe once? I've... It, yeah, it, five at the most. Um, I'm going to say he's got about 
30. Uh, 32. Wow. 32 penalty minutes. He has taken two minors in three games this season and a minor. Holy hell. Sorry, let me count this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, yeah, so he's taken uh, two minors in three games this season, and he's taken a minor penalty in another 10 games this season. And he's gone. That's pretty impressive. He's gone a good chunk of games without taking a minor, but that's, oh my God, 13 games of the season out of his, so half his games. He's played 26. He's taken a penalty at least. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, it's a problem, but I mean, what's what's the solution? You can't, you can't. <laughs> Don't Babcock, play him. It's Babcock is not going to do that again. We, it's just you're going to be beating a dead horse. I, I will beat that dead horse until it's dead twice over. It's okay, as I said, and I think Richard, I think you agree with me. Unless there's a better option out there, Roman Polak has only not taken a minor penalty in three of the last 10 games. I will, I will say, well, when Zaitsev gets back, he I, better will be be, I will be curious to see what Babcock does. He better. If Dermot goes back down and Polak's still in the top six, I will riot. Dermot has <laughs> proved again, he... Like, I mean, they aren't using Dermot to kill penalties. No. But Zaitsev's and... back, so Zaitsev takes the top pair. But then... But, then but may... the point... I still wouldn't play Roman Polak. I'd, I'd let Ron Hainsey's legs fall off. <laughs> You'd rather kill Ron Hainsey than... Not, not kill him. Just run him into the ground. Just severely... Yeah, just life. just completely ruin his career. Rather than play Roman Polak regular minutes. Jesus. I mean, they don't... I don't even know who their second defensive pairing is for killing penalties. Because Hainsey's out there well, all the it's, time. Because Hainsey it's, kills every penalty. It's rotation-based thing. So it's Hainsey... Hainsey and insert Riley... There's like would would Borgman and Riley really be a bad second pair for Pelico? Well, Riley kills penalties. Yes, yeah, Riley has. Borg- he's not de- he's not a defensive liability. I'm Riley, su- I'm surprised Borgman hasn't killed penalties based on his Borg- size. Borgman's not an offensive defenseman, so why not? He can absolutely run guys over. I think it's a a rookie thing. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he can clear the net just as well as Roman Polak. I mean, he's he's a massive human being. Like he's only what six one, six foot. But that's not the type of really game he plays. It's just standing there with the defense. It's a fallacy. It is a joke. Roman Polak does not clear the net. He clears it. He just clears on top of Freddie. He he (laughs) tiny cross checks people. That's that's the issue. Is Roman? That's the one thing Roman Polak has struggled with is he can't just maul somebody in front because he's going to take a penalty. So he just gives these little tiny cross checks, and now everyone's like. But he can clear the net. Safe player Roman Polak can clear the front of the net, right? Every time Roman he gets up a goal. Polak's definition of clearing his driveway is just putting more snow on his driveway. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it from off the grass and puts it on top. Are you talking about a double fallacy here? He shovels the grass, Roman Polak. We have now changed the title of this podcast to... From the Shovel tip the, of the Grass top, Podcast. No, not from Tip of the Tower Podcast to the Leeds Nation Roman Polak Therapy Session. By the way, did you? Uh, I'm the, and I'm the therapist. You right guys now, follow cares. Platinum Seacos? Uh, I would assume. I, 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 you know what? I've had to unfollow a lot of accounts just because. I think there was this one account that I was following to say that like Gardner was by far the least best defender, and then I, somebody was arguing that it was a stupid and silly argument that ended up talking about private parts on people's heads, and I'm just like, oh, lovely. This is this is why That's I said great this nation time. needs a break because. They're fighting with each other on something that they cannot control. So, and this is the problem with with social media and sports fans. 
So it's not, I think people forget social media is not a place where you go and you vet your frustrations about your sports team. I, I'll give another shout out to Platinum Seat Ghost because he's one of my favorite follows for Leaf okay. Twitter just in terms of humor. Um, he made a gif and I'll show Dave the gif now. It's the Roman Polak gif that everybody knows and loves. Oh. Uh, but when he points, it says Dermot is scratched. Why can't you show me the gif, Austin? I, you have to actually I mean, there. I can. All right, Richard, I'm showing you the gif. So I'm calling in through Skype because I'm actually in jail right now. This is one. This is my one call. I'm showing him through the handlebars. This, God, this is one damn long phone call. Yeah. This, yeah. Wow. All right, Richard. Before we before they take you away, let's talk. Yeah, about... my, my correctional officers are sports fans. So. All right. Before they take you away, let's talk about uh, Steve Pierce. Okay, hold on. Before we get into the Jays talk, <laughs> any last thoughts on the Leafs or Kendrick uh, Morales? Whatever don't you're into. Calm down. The one like, thing. Yeah, they do need to calm. Like are, the, like, are the Red Wings catching the Leafs? You know, like we're the Leafs are very comfortably in third. Like, like a Leafs, mm-hmm. like Boston, yeah, playoff round, and everything up I'm until very then okay with that. is to get ready for Boston. To me, because uh, I, but Boston is uh, awesome game. Like Boston is actually playing really decently, though. Yeah, that's why they're like, playing great hockey. You have to just prepare because for that Danton because Heinen really is having a career season. Yeah, but they still have and Noah Echiari. They still have Pasternak. They still oh, yeah, have top Bergeron. Six fantastic. They have Bergeron. Oh, yeah. Like, Bergeron is fantastic. Yeah, Bergeron They're... had a four-goal game last Do week. people forget what Bergeron did to the Leafs in the playoffs the last time we played? About. I did. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what you're talking about. People, people need to give the Bruins some well, credit. At least face the Bruins no, in the yeah, playoffs? Well, like, that's, well, like, they've been great at 5-on-5. Five five and, like, you know, like, everything the Leafs do from now until the end of the year is to get ready for that. Yep. Yep. That series. Don't even think and, about Tampa Bay and, people. <laughs> Just and, look at Boston you know, right now. They have to play Tampa again in somebody, February too. Calgary you know, took last night though. Um, sarcastically said like, oh yeah, but like the Leafs have clinched and like the Leafs will fall off. It was like, so the Red Wings have four games in hand on the Leafs, yes. But they would have to win all of those games <laughs> and still be, what, four points back? <laughs> the Red Wings are well under 500. Yeah. They're, and they're the Red well, Wings goalies can't well, make like, a save and their defensive depth is Nobody's deplorable. And they're going to the trade Leafs. Mike Green. They, Not to the, Don't even go there. Um, the Atlantic is no, so the Leafs are bad going for that, like, Tang. they're going to the playoffs. It's just, yep. yeah, how that, are they doing the playoffs? And that's why they need to start, like... I have I have no fear of the Bruins, well personally. well um you know guys uh, Richard you didn't hear me say this uh, we have a group another group chat that we talk about and that we talk about you know that hockey and uh, our good old friends good old friends from, from uh, tip of the tower past um and I I rarely 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 read anything Steve Simmons writes it's not because I don't <laughs> I mean there's just nothing that Steve Simmons reads that writes that I He's. I mean, I read. I do. Okay, sorry. I do read some of his stuff. If he writes something about the CFL, leave stuff. I don't really go to him except for this one, because one thing I'll give uh, Steve Simmons some credit for is he is not afraid to call someone out or at least to put out an opinion and stick with it. Yeah, because he's spineless. He'll just yeah. say whatever just to get attention. He has no no um, humility at all. He's but, just but. He did call out Babcock on the way he uses Austin Matthews on the power play. And I could not agree more with that sentiment because when a power play starts, when an overtime starts, Matthews is not the first one off the boards. 
and you have a suit you have a legit superstar here i know that babcock has this idea of trying to mold him into the next zetterberg crosby but when crosby and zetterberg were probably in their hind years who are the ones coming off the boards first for a power play yep i don't i don't i'm very surprised that matthews hasn't shown some frustration with that I, see, I don't love I've that seen, power play makeup, though, the first unit. I've also, if, I mean, I've also seen Matthews wait on the boards to get off, get on when other people should be getting off. Not, yeah. I mean, it's a not so hot take, but I think Marner's unit's just better overall than Matthews. You look at the players Matthews with, it's him well, and Nylander. You know who the two shooters are on the power play. I think Riley's on that one, too. Isn't Riley's it? there, but, but Riley doesn't shoot. He sets up Matthews and Nylander. Garner, when he's that, there, takes slap shots. That's about it. The thing that Matthews and um, Nylander do is like they try to create chances, right? Yep. But with the Bozak and JVR or Cod, like that line, they have set plays where it's like yep. everybody just goes on that and it works a lot, right? I guess and that's does. why. With that, maybe, maybe that's why. With Ma- that group, yeah. you also have four guys that can legitimately put but, the puck in the net. But this is my argument. You start with Matthews and Nylander. You know why? Yeah, they will that, wear guess... down those penalty killers so that when you put that second unit of Bozak, Kadri, JVR, the penalty killers are so t- I'm not going to say exa- exhausted, but they've been on the ice or they've been hemmed in their zone. Those set plays get harder to defend because they've already dealt with Matthews and Nylander. At least, I think, I think the main issue with their unit that's... is Matthews and Nylander. Is it Brown and Marlowe are usually out there with them? Uh, Komarov's usually with the second unit, right? Or Warner's unit? Yeah. Or, yeah. So it's, I mean, Brown isn't a threat to score on the power play. I'm sorry, but Brown's out there to create. He's there to to get the loose pucks. He's there to be JVR, a shorter JVR. Yeah. Stand in front and bang in rebounds. The issue with that is Nylander and Matthews aren't shooting low pad for rebounds. If they're shooting, they're going bar down. Or missing the net. I think Nylander's one of the best at that. Oh, my. God, the shot is. I think lethal. against Columbus, he's missed the net a lot, but that when he hits the mark, it is like, beautiful. So, <clears throat> Marlowe was screening. Yeah, he took away half the net. I remember the defenseman, but the defenseman was on his knee and taking away the bottom half, and all Nylander had to shoot at was the spot over Bobrovsky's just had to shoulder. Lift it. And he shot it so well that nobody knew it went in except him. Well, Justin Bourne was on yeah, uh, the fan shot was unbelievable. And he, he talked to I mean, look, this is a guy that has seen. He's been the video coach for the Marlies. He knows how these guys work on the power play. And he says the set play for Nylander is to have Hyman move the goal in a certain position or in a certain way or get out of the way enough for Nylander to get up the shot in the place that he wants it. And they just they keep doing that. Oh, yeah. But I would like to again. I would like to see that first. Then I like to see the Kadri JVR because guess what? Yeah, maybe they have a better chance of scoring because of the plays that they make. But I think they would have a better chance at getting those plays done if they were out there second. And if I mean, it's it's a matter of like if if a unit shuts down that tip play that the that Marner's unit has, we're probably talking about the same thing. Yeah, teams have shut down that cross seam pass, Matthews to Nylander. The issue is they can just get their shots off when they curl around and get into that position yeah. in the circles. But I mean, that teams have have that scouted. They're waiting for it because it worked so often last year, and they just had to find a different way. I mean, there was a lot of talk 
after the overtime game. Uh, was it? It wasn't Columbus. Wasn't Which, the game they had? The was it Vancouver? Well, they had the power play. Shootout. Yeah, they had the power play, and like they basically just pissed away two minutes because they stood around and did nothing. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of backlash for that. It was like I think it was Nylander, Marlowe, Matthews, and Riley were on the ice. Or something that like was, that. I think, the Vancouver. And they one. just stood around and did nothing. So they have to move the puck more. I think the power play's gotten a little stagnant, and they just need to figure it out there. Yeah. They'll get a chance with this break. All right, Richard. Any last thoughts before we go into the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays is going to be a little bit quicker. I promise. Everybody just needs to relax with the leaves. Okay. Like I mean, <laughs> so so Richard is going the, the Aaron, Richard is going the Aaron Rodgers route and going relax. The Leafs aren't out of a playoff spot chasing anything. If they get that defenseman, it's like that explains you know. I mean that should dispel Polak, but then it's like we have a good team for the first time in what forever. Yeah. And it's like last year. Um, Last year they had no expectations. This year they do, and people are driving themselves crazy. It's yeah, like it's this bad. is going to be such an insufferable. The... It's going to be a tough. Hey, hey, Babcock said there's going to be pain. Maybe this is also part of the. Pain. This is only the first half, too. Imagine when it gets to the second half and people start looking at the standings every day. Like the worst What's is yet to come with Leaf Nation. So tortured where they're insufferable. Like it reminds me of the 2015 Jays, where after every loss, somebody would find a way to like yep. go crazy. Um, I, I love Leaf fans, but I hate Leaf fans. I, no, but like it's I can't so, even go so on does, sports. Like, so does the rest of the NHL, Austin. Yeah, no, I'm not. That's not a. That's not a new like, statement. There was um. There was a series against the Phillies, and uh, the Jays lost that. And yep. this just explains how stupid. No, not stupid. How, how insufferable Toronto sports fans are. Like they lost the series. Some of them are stupid. Let's you know. And my timeline was going nuts, and it was like, well, the Yankees would never lose. And it was like they lost the Yankees, the team that the Jays were facing at the time, lost the series to the same team, like, the month before. And it's like, people don't get that. Like, it's sports. And, like, nothing is supposed to be like a cakewalk. And, like, that's why, you know, the wins feel so good, right? Like, yeah. if well, like, Canada won... The sorry, <clears throat> Canada won the junior, the um, World Juniors, and it was like nobody really cares about that anymore because Canada's supposed to win, right? That was a very like, under the radar, like that was the yeah, least like, exciting gold medal game cares I've ever seen. Anymore. It's like you know, it's, it's I feel like if it was, like if it was in Canada, people would have cared more. Buffalo was but, like nobody cared because it was in Buffalo and Buffalo. No, but like, like I mean, Canada's always supposed like they're supposed to always win, like. Like, do you remember in 2008 where, like, it was, like, Canada just, you know, dominated the entire world? And then it was, like, all right, cool. Like, we're, we're great at this now, right? And now it's, like, sports is supposed to be fun when there's, like, some type of, you know, like, adversity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Leafs aren't the best team in the league. They're, I would say they're top 10, maybe 10th, 9th, 8th. But, like, this is fun. Like, like. We're finally, you know, like, great again. And people want to just, like, fight each other over it, which mm-hmm. is stupid. You want to know what's fun? Uh, Kendris Morales. <laughs> Not Kendris Morales. Kendris Morales running. Uh, Kendris Josh... Morales literally doing anything is the most fun thing ever. <laughs> Do- Josh Donaldson getting paid. That's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Not, not as fun as Kendris Morales. Um, according to Keegan Matheson, that's the most... Um, 
Josh days. Johnson got $23 million in um, arbitration. And according to Keegan Matheson, um, that's the most um, given out through no before arbitration, I guess. Well, I mean, it's the most uh, given up in, given out in the arbitration process. Even yeah, the whole you know when a player is going to arbitration, that's the most they've ever gotten. It was I mean Keegan reported that Shy Davidi was the one that originally got the number out, and a bunch of people confirmed that. Um, yep. Now the question now becomes, I, and I've heard some people talk. I just what package will the Cardinals give up? Yeah, that's not happening anymore. I mean, <laughs> and that's not. No, I agree with that because look, if the I love, Cardinals, I, I heard like I love when people like the Cardinals are persistent. That means we can get anything from them. That's <laughs> the not, Cardinals ask a lot. The Cardinals have, from what I can see, they're the most active team every year. And you know what really grinds my gears is every week Ken Rosenthal or somebody comes out and is like, Cardinals have interest in Donaldson. Jays still don't want to trade him. I've seen that tweet like six or seven times now. And, Over like the and, last month, and the Machado one too was pretty good. And it's not as bad though. It's like Cardinals still interested in Donaldson. Jays don't want to move Donaldson. It's like no kidding. I, this is my theory on the whole Donaldson situation. They are gonna hold on to Donaldson. I'm not. I'm not ripping Ken Rosenthal by the way. He's oh, yeah. great at his job, He's, but like they are good. But they. That's what it, it goes without saying. Job. If a trade's not happening, then a team probably doesn't want to move him, or they're yeah. not getting the players they want. This this is what the Jays are thinking going to do with Donaldson. They. I guarantee they probably have talked with the Cardinals about Donaldson. They know the price pick figure that they they have been offered. They probably have their own idea of what they would want back. Come the trade deadline, if the Jays are nowhere near contending, so like last season, I think the right move is to move them then. Because, yeah. look, I'm I would like the the Blue Jays to sign Donaldson. I mean, would it make... I'd love to keep him, but... Um, yeah, okay, he's 32 years old, but giving a 32-year-old five years, when I think he's still going to be able to bring it for a majority of it, I'm not opposed to it. My issue is you've got Martin, you got Tulo, then you're going to have to pay Sanchez, then you're going to have to pay whoever else. Unless... They're able to move another contract out. I mean, maybe they just wait it out with Tulo and they try Tulo and the and Martin and they try to piece around with more least ex, well, I'll say inexpensive options. Um, I I would like to keep Donaldson. It's just does it make sense given the state of and I, you know what I and I think it was Tyler that brought this up on Twitter. For while the Yankees may have added Stan. And they have Judge, and they have, uh, they do have some good. You know, they have Sanchez. Their rotation is doesn't really give me any cause for real concern yet. The, Jays? the Yankees. Oh, okay. Compared to the Jays rotation, which sorry, I, I was reading. Twitter. I actually think it's better. <laughs> I was looking up other arbitration signings. Um, compared to what the Jays have, I think in the rotation, I think the Jays rotation is better, and I think the lineup. Yeah, while the lineup is scary. Is it you look? Know, he brought up Stan gets injured. Yeah, Judge has to. Ha- Judge, it's a good take. If Stan gets the, injured, what is this team is the exact same as it was last year? And Judge which is still good. And Judge had a really good first half, and his second half was not the same. No, he was a strikeout machine like his first season. So, I'm I, I maybe the Jays don't. Maybe that's what the Jays see. Maybe the Jays <laughs> Stanton injury. 
Now, the Jays need to be Tanya Harding in this once, situation. Now, the Yankees do have a scary bullpen. They do have prospects that could come up. They do have they're money. Giving, they're giving Glaber Torres a chance in spring training, who's a top five prospect in baseball. Yeah. So, now, and they still have Clint Frazier. But my question for you, Richard, because you are the base, more of the baseball guy in this group. Does it yes. make sense for the Jays to think that they can contend this year, even if it's just for a wild card? Yes, and I'll tell you why. The trading for Diaz, the trading for um, Solarte, um, it means that you won't have to give those at-bats to Goins and Barnes. So the team didn't really get that much better, but the floor of the team was raised, right? So... It lets you go out and get a guy like Kane, or if you can get someone productive. Carlos Gonzalez. No, not Carlos at all. No <laughs> No cargo. Um, I'm not like cargo. If, if you can get a guy that can actually contribute offensively, and I don't mean like league average, like Diaz and you know Slarte will be like an actual guy that can contribute above league average for one of the outfield spots, then now you have a wild card contender because the pitching is good. You know, the bullpen is good. Donaldson should not get injured like he did last year. Yeah, and Donaldson was hurt, but he was still worth five wins above replacement last year, right? Yes, he was. And that's like an off year. A quote-unquote off year, right? That was a crazy so stat like, that I saw, too. Sorry, finish here. I'm going off on a different branch. You finish what you were saying. This is why the Jays were so bad last year. A, they got hurt. B, the depth was awful, right? Oh, it was terrible. You, you saw yeah. guys like Goins, Bart, like just random guys from Buffalo got called up. And then you have a guy like Batista that was just not. I don't know what to say politely about his 2017 season. If you can replace it that. Was not, it was well, a sad song, Swan yeah. song. Yeah, like if you can replace that well below league average production with above average, above league average production. That itself will be a huge like flip, but then you see guys like Goins and Barney won't be making, you know, the seven hundred plate appearances that they did last year, which is Thank God. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. Each row's a free agent. Do it. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no please no. I'm above, I'm just okay not, above average. Okay, so in your mind, who's an above average if, if not for Kane free agent other than JD Martinez or Kane? Ah, Lorenzo well, Kane seems to be a more well, viable I mean, Kane, option for the Blue Jays. Kane would be perfect because yep. it's like you were yeah, interested yeah. in Fowler last year. You and were. like Kane, it's let's probably say he better. wants $60 million over four years. Apparently that's, he wants five. That's the problem. But now it's like it's, it's now January. So hopefully yeah. his price goes down. So Maybe. 65 over, over you know, four years. And then not just his bat not just his speed but him in right field again batista had a good glove but he wasn't the best at tracking the ball down pilar isn't that great at tracking the ball down now but he still makes plays him and hell i would even put kane in center field pilar in right you know yeah well pilar came in as a corner outfielder he was playing left field for a while wasn't he that's when he made that crazy wall climb can do so many things offensively or no not so many things but like he makes things happen offensively especially yeah. with he his speed base a decent amount right he's got the speed it's like that kind of production would make them 
in the wild card conversation, you factor in the fact that, you know, Sanchez won't be dealing with that blister, hopefully. I and swear to God. Strowman, right? Like, this team isn't as bad as people think it is. No, but it's well, not. I mean, it's That's probably a top 10 rotation I, in the league if you add a healthy Sanchez back in. I mean, he was top 10 in Cy Young voting in 2016. He was very close. And Marcus Stroman, who was top, what, five or six in Cy Young voting this year. I, Sanchez I, and Stroman plus, you know, Estrada, Estrada and Hap. That, that, and you I, know, who like, would you, who'd your not, fifth be? I mean, Biagini, do you take a chance there? i put Biagini back in the 10. <laughs> Just give Matt Latos Leon, another shot. Let's see how she goes. Leon, Biagini, right. and, yeah, yeah. you know, Mosuna would be great because, like, that's that's not really, like, a Yankees type of back end, but that's still no, a really it's, good It's still, back end. especially for the price point, too. And Ryan Tapera and Danny Barnes were really good last year. Yeah. They, uh, Martinez, is it Martinez? Carlos Martinez? Is that right? Who was the reliever that came up uh, at the end of the year and did really, really well? Uh, Carlos Ramirez? Ramirez, not Martinez. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I wish they had Carlos Martinez in the bullpen. That would be... <laughs> I mean, why yeah, not? Yeah, but like, you know, you see Good old Carlos Martinez. Carmar. Go ahead. You know, like, the difference between 2017 and 2018 is hopefully they'll also have that pitching depth at the back end, right? You know... Last year, like, they had to rely on, like, Mike Bolsinger and, like, Ugh, Matt Latos. No way, no. And it was like... Chris Raleigh was not terrible when he was here. Not, that was, not terrible is the key phrase. And well, that was the problem with the team. It was that, you know, the guys that stepped in weren't really that good. Yeah. yeah. So, who, you know. my only issue is people are kind of... Maybe, actually, this might be a benefit... Because everyone's looking at the Jake areas, you Darvish, and maybe maybe that's where the Blue Jays benefit because they don't need that guy. They just need to go out and get maybe a lefty, a, a good veteran lefty, or a who. There was some. Well, I mean, there were a couple of options out there that got scooped up. I mean, Lance Lynn and Alex. Are we talking bullpen? I'm talking about uh, rotation. Rotation, yeah. Uh, Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn are two guys that are out there. I don't know how viable it is that either of them come. I think Cobb said Alex he's Cobb probably going to the Cubs, right? Money, so, no, thank you. I don't want a guy that wants money for the Well, rotation. especially he's going to be our fifth starter. I mean, I would think. Why that's why. play for free for Toronto? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why you... it was a little when Liriano decided to go back to the Blue Jays. I mean, now I'm just – screw you. I'm Sabathia, sorry. I'm I mean – CC Sabathia, when he – Especially with those words, he said, "Yeah, I'd rather face CC I mean, Sabathia now." Because like, neither if do I. CC Sabathia starts against that Yankees team; he's getting lit up. Yeah. So I mean, so now the yeah. Blue Jays better be ready that's to light him a, up after what he said. Yeah, that's a smart business decision by CC Sabathia. I mean, um, they're paying him too. It's not like he took a discount to go back. That's what the Blue Jays would have probably offered. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, not with probably not with the bonuses that the Yankees are giving them, but still a decent contract. So you, I, I'm just curious to know who, because I haven't really looked into this as much because I've been kind of dealing more towards the outfield. Um, the, who 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 could they acquire? Well, free agent, because that's where I think I see it. Uh, who can they get in free agency that fits the mold of what we need as maybe a fifth and then you add a couple of depth guys? Who's who's the guy they picked? Lance up? Lynn is somebody that like I yep. wanted mm-hmm. to good. see in Toronto just because I mean he's not really like the flashy choice. Like I doubt most you know he's not the, he's not the sexy Toronto. pick. No, you no know, Lance Lynn. You know he's not 
like he, he won't be on the cover of like any like banners or this or that like outside the dome but like you don't need like the great thing about this Toronto rotation is that you don't need that like marquee guy even though like he would help but like Sanchez and Strowman if healthy are good enough to be the one two punch that you yep. need you have Estrada you have Hap but then you go get a guy like Lance Lynn and then you know Brad Anderson could be your sixth, right? That's who I was thinking about. Yeah, because but well, I mean, yeah, you know, like like you said, I mean, you don't have to be lights out coming in at the bottom of the rotation because the Jays' infield is very good. Their outfield, if they get Kane, is very good. Fielding wise, better. I mean, it gets better. I mean, that's a that's a Gold Glove infield. You have Tulowitzki, uh, Travis, not so much, but Smoke has a great glove. Donaldson's great glove. Martin's always been a good fielder. I mean. Like, you have a lot of really good pieces that can defend for you in the outfield. I'm a little worried about Tulo just based on his in the field. on his his injury. Yep. That, they, it sounds like they're very positive on what he's doing. Yeah. Like they've given updates. It's just, it just sounds like, wow, this ankle injury is, like, really I, I think bad. when Atkins was on, I think he had, he had a conference call the other day, and somebody asked him about Tulowitzki. It might have been shy. Yeah. Or somebody. But he said his ankle exploded. And that's definitely not the word you want to hear when no. you're talking about your starting shortstop. Oh, good. And Ankle exploding like, and 30 plus shortstop is not what you want to hear in the same sentence. And when and people like they acted like oh you know a classic Tulo getting hurt, but it was like CJ Crone was stepping on the bag as Tulo was crossing. That's such a freak injury. And like yeah, those injuries I'm not. I, I don't blame too much on the players. You want to bring up like Kendris Morales? He uh, he broke his ankle celebrating a walk off home run at the beginning of his career. No, he broke his leg. Leg. That's, Sorry, that was that's even worse. Leg explosion. Yeah, do you remember that? He went to go jump on home yeah. plate and just shattered. Yeah, done. Even up to like this year, like they were they were making fun of him for it after like a walk off yep. home run. Absolutely. Um, that was actually gonna be my next question. <laughs> what's the what's the move home run sellies? What's the move with Kendrys? Do you move with Kendrys is either you pay another team to take him, or you say, "All right, we know what you are." You eat the or maybe you invest on maybe he can be not as bad. The deal actually... with Kendry is my deal with like Tulo, and it's like, all right, he has more value in seeing what he can do this year. Mm-hmm. Like last year, he hit how many home runs but he was still pretty awful hopefully this year you know he bounces back but like I don't want to really take on any money just to get him out of there because you you need that money elsewhere do uh do you put him as the DH or is it Pierce or where's because Smoke's the first baseman I'm DHing Morales first before he's a better guy I try to trade Pierce because it's like Pierce still has some value I think Yep. Yeah, he has value, and that's why I trade him. Is because he's a great, like he's a super. He's one of those guys that will be the final piece to a championship team. But the he's, Jays he's right one of those now guys, are assembling you know. a championship team. They're assembling a team that's, you know, like trying to compete. Trying to make. And the Jays it, yeah. can compete, but they need that full time left or right fielder. And Pierce does everything, but not spectacularly well. Like he's a great bench guy. I don't think he's really that much of a starter. He can hit well. He can play all over the diamond, but it's like he's more of a utility guy than you know a yeah. bona fide you know starter like that. I guess we should just touch on the a couple of just the housekeeping things. Like, do you think um, do you think Teoscar is the right fielder to start the season? 
Everyone thinks he is, but it's like, did you see how many times he sh- he struck out last year? So, I mean, I don't think it's his job to take in the spring. I feel like they sh- think there should be a competition. In a perfect world, you get somebody else, you yeah. know, I think, and then yeah. they all compete for it in the spring. Like, you have a guy like T. Oscar, um, Alfred, Pom- maybe I throw Zeke into there. I'm going to po- like, throw Pompey's name in there. Yeah, Pompey too. Like, he's you still, know, like, he's still fast. He can do things. Um, so, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I think I don't think I would rather, Alfred I would, is. I'd rather be have a, down the road. They said he's yeah, not ready now. Yeah, Atkins is. But he looks set. very good. Atkins says he's not going to bring Alfred in. I'd say September next year, like September. Like, I feel and like you can't year. really say that now because like he can go and have like a great. You know, he he has to blow. I think the like, based on what I'm hearing, he has to be like Donaldson level at spring training, see, and like. <laughs> I feel like that's just like him just saying things because it's like if there are jobs to be had if he plays better than somebody else yeah I mean if he's miles away better well like he's what 23 now 24 and I mean in spring there's a job fair in Dunedin there are two outfield spots to be had Yep. right depending on what they do in free agency Yes. Yeah, right. And it's like, as of this point right now, you can't realistically sit there and tell me that Alfred is not in the conversation because he is. Because T. Oscar hasn't shown me anything that, like, the outfield job is his. Um, hell. Yeah. Do you, like, do you even have a guy like, you know, Dwight Smith Jr.? Yeah. Like, a lot of people forget about him. can go into spring and steal a job. And, I mean... Alfred could be in the conversation, right? Because based on the stuff that, like, we've seen from him, he has all the tools, right? Like, this is a guy that uh, was drafted as a football player. And, you know, the Jays believed in him and let him play football until he wanted to come and play baseball uh, full-time, right? So he does have the skills, and we've seen that, you know, like in double-A last year, you know, like, he, he hit well. I, I don't think you can just say that like he's not um, in the conversation because it's like what do you think of the locks in the outfield to start? Yeah, you only think of Pilar, right? Yeah, um, I think it's thing is time to give some of these young players a chance. I, I'm curious to see how many of them will actually well, get a chance. Yeah, the one thing I mean, you you and I talked about this, Richard, when we like a couple days ago, because um, I asked you who you thought the Jays were going to go after as the catcher, and I think real quick we should just touch on that. You said Danny Jansen. I I agree with you. I think that's the yeah, right I, move for like, the Jays. I don't think there's a need to go out and get. Um, no, there's catcher. there's nobody out there that's like even even give Reese McGuire a chance if he th- feels like if you feel like his defense is good enough. Yeah. Why not? You traded you traded for him what two years ago? Two years ago, yeah, Hutchinson. Okay, you know what? It's time for the Blue Jays to do what the Yankees did and give some of these young players a chance, because unless you're willing to pay, that's and like it's it. It's not like it makes sense to go and trade, you know, assets for like a backup catcher, right? The Jays did that for Diaz and Solarte, but that meant that like there's depth. There's depth that will definitely be called upon. With the Jays, you have guys like Jansen and Maley for when Martin gets hurt, right? So I don't like. I'm not sure that you really need, unless if 
you know, those guys are awful in the spring, and then I would see, you know, the need to go out and trade. But as of right now, it's like you sort of have that depth now. Let's just see if you can get somebody internally to fill the spot of whoever did it last year. There's like five names. And my and my last point, um, because we do want to, I do want to end this as much as I like the conversation we're having. Actually, you know what? I want to save this conversation I want to have for the next time we do the podcast. I do agree that it's time for some of these young guys to get a chance. I'm not talking about like the Bo Bichettes and those like that's. I'm talking about the guys that have been like lurking around and it's time just to see what they have. At this point, uh, it's not like the team, it's not like 2015 where you're all in to win. Like you, you're, you're setting your, your team up for that. This is now, I think, will give fans a little more optimism to see the younger players and what they can do going forward. Yeah, and I mean, the name of the game right now is to compete, right? I feel like they're still... They're... Not contend, compete. There's two different. Those are two different words, I think. Well, I mean, the connotation with contend is that you trade assets, right? Exactly. Like, you know, you aren't going to be giving up, you know, your top... Chips, You're not giving right. up a Vlad and a Bobachet for a Christian Yelich just yet. That's what that's the conversation mm-hmm. I want to have. Atkins, Atkins, but Atkins I would, I will, I will, I think we'll save that for the next time because I think that deserves a much, yeah. much longer debate. And we're already we're we're, <laughs> we're well into, I into the time I wanted to get into for today. So, but I'll let you, Rich. I'll let you finish your point, and then we'll we'll get out. Watch them make that trade tomorrow, and then we'll have nothing to talk about next time. No, we'll have yeah, Yelich is going to be traded time. for 15 minutes after we upload. Both of you, stop no, it. Like, we won't seem stop like geniuses. It. It's like, yeah, they already did it. Yeah, good job, guys. Look, if they do it, okay, well, I'll just quickly say this. If they do it, that's that's a clear message that they want to try to contend. They're just waiting on us to upload this. They're like... If they do that, then there should be, a, like, you know, one more move. Like, just go get Darvish or, like, Something like that. And then this, is, this, is sounds, this sounds a lot like, what, 2010? 2011? 2012? When did they make that big trade with the Marlins? 2013. But the difference that is that the team wasn't really ready to compete. This team is like, it's middle of the pack, but then if you add a guy like Yelich, then it's like, alright, now you have a, like, like, now you have something. Right, and then True. you add a guy like Darvish to a team that boasts Yelich and Donaldson at the top of the lineup, and it's like that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. All right, we'll end it there. I think that's a good way to end it. If they do make the trade, then like, look, we'll have something to talk about then with the Blue Jays, other than Solarte and Diaz, which is a bonus. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Tip of the Tower podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Tip of the Tower. Look on Facebook, and you can find the you can find the podcast episodes on Block. <laughs> Austin is breaking stuff, and I'm you're line. ruining my outro, Austin. Um, I'm, not. I'm making it better. I want I want to thank Austin. Well, I'm not really thankful for him right now. Um, I want to thank Richard for skyping in on what looks to be a terrible weather day in Toronto, from what I'm seeing on Twitter. And make sure you follow both of them on Twitter. You can get Austin and his wonderful lacrosse updates, which will come from the Rock game. Tonight. Underscore Austin Owens. Friday, to be exact. And uh, Richard Lee Sam, R. Lee Sam, and myself, David D. Underscore Morsuti. Uh, 
Take the time, Leafs fans, to enjoy the break. Jays fans, hold tight. Raptors fans, prepare for that Saturday matchup. Uh, we'll definitely have more to talk about when that happens next time on the Tip of the Tower podcast. Fire and ball into the sun. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.